Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschbeck. And I'm the ever-enthusiastic, sometimes spastic, your co-host, Matt Golden. How's it going, buddy? Uh, pretty good. MC Golden. Yes, that yeah. is me. I am trained to be a, a rapist. A slow rapper. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm going to be one of those sweet mumble rapists. Yeah. That talks at a normal pace. Yep. 100%. Or, sorry. Raps at a normal pace. Uh, yeah. If you don't call it rapping, then I don't yeah, know. Yeah. A conversational doing. rapist. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... How was your week in comics? You do anything cool? Uh, yeah, I bought some comics and I read some comics. So, you know, it was pretty cool. How was yours? <laughs> uh, that's that's fantastic, man. I'm happy to hear it. I uh, watched some trailers, uh, like the new one for Dark Phoenix. Yes. That's, uh, well, I'll be seeing that opening weekend. Oh, oh, shit. We have to do that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I do. I mean, you can just try and lie your way through it. Like, I really like that part where Cyclops came in yeah, and I- used his laser beams. <laughs> Yeah, that part with Jean Grey was really good. Do you remember when she became the Dark Phoenix? <laughs> that was really dark. Man, I don't really know what was up with that Phoenix. It was so dark. So anyway, yeah, I, I guess this week's episode dark. is about new number one for the month of September from DC Vertigo, Jinx World, Image, Marvel, and regular old DC. We will be spoiling each of these issues, so if you hear the name, oh, fast that. forward. Can I just uh, take a moment to appreciate... How wonderful How we save her to have a spoiler alert. That before. was one of the best spoiler alerts you've ever done. Unless, of course, someone didn't want to get spoiled for the Dark Phoenix trailer. Oh, which, shit. Yeah. yeah which we, we did by saying that there was Jean Grey in it. Yeah, we probably spoiled that whole movie for you saying about yeah. how dark that Phoenix was. So anyway, let's get on with the first book. Fine. We're going to delve into the DC Vertigo books first. I don't like that you're having none of my shit today, and I don't appreciate it. Well, you're going to have to deal. Take my shit. So anyway... Uh, the first book was a book that I knew nothing about going into. It was one that you picked up this month. Goddamn right. It was the first of the DC Vertigo imprint that had nothing to do with Sandman. So yeah, so that's why I got it. I was super pumped about it. I read about the premise and I was like, I'm in. It's by some dude named Eric Esquivel, who I have never heard of in my life. Yeah, same here. Uh, and the art is by, what is his name? Ramon Villalobos. I'm probably butchering that, but there you go. And then Colors by Tamara Bonvillain. So you picked it up because it was one of the first books in the new combined DC Vertigo. Or they really the name changed imprint for Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, there. There's a lot of cool stuff happening in DC Vertigo. And I read the premise of like all nine or ten that are coming out. And this was actually one that I was most looking forward to. And it just happened to be the first one that came out. It is about um, like stereotypical uh, Mexican story. It's about a border town in Arizona where you have a bunch of uh, racist people that live there, ICE agents patrolling the streets, uh, self-appointed border guards roaming around. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's all these monsters that are from Mexican folklore. There's the words I was The chupacabra. Yep. Yeah, makes an appearance. And, uh, but the antagonist, or the protagonist of the story is this guy, or this teenager, I should say, who's moving to this new town uh, in Arizona. Uh, and he's about high school age. And his name is Frank, I believe, too. Yeah, that sounds right. I think yeah, he's half Irish, Frank. half Mexican. Yeah. Uh, and we said because his race is important to the story. Yeah, we're not just casually <laughs> <Yeah>. his race. <laughs> um, but, I mean, essentially he gets 
mixed up beating up this fascist uh, high schooler who wants to fight him because he found out that he was half Mexican, thought he was betrayed by not, I guess, by masquerading like he was white, which is a weird thing uh, to do. But I mean, uh, like I thought, I thought it was awesome. Like this book touches on very important cultural issues right now oh, that yeah. are very much uh, in the public eye, and I thought it handled it all definitely with grace and with a bunch of kick-ass nature too yeah it's funny it's unique uh it's badass there's some some kick-ass fight scenes there's a gigantic dude that wears a luchador mask for some reason that we don't know there's hipsters and there's nazis what more could you want for in a book yeah uh this book is definitely fantastic i was not expecting to enjoy it uh whenever i just saw the issue judging the book by the cover uh, not the, not the art's bad. I enjoy the art in it too, and it fits the tone. But I'm excited to see what the future of this book is. Yeah, this is definitely on my pull list. I'm adding it, and I recommend you go grab it if you haven't done so. I think that it was such a, a small title that it's going to still be at a lot of your local comic shops, despite being like two weeks old. The next book is one of the first books in the Sandman Universe relaunch, or really launch, I should say. Uh, and it's The Dreaming by Simon Spurrier, art by Bill Quist Everly, and colors by Matt Lope, which is, this is another issue that Matt picked up this week. Yeah, I'm going to be on the Sandman universe for probably the first five issues of, of each of them, regardless of whether or not that I think they're fantastic or not. And this is one of those where you see some of the characters from the Sandman universe. You get Marv, uh, the Pumpkin. You get um, Cain and Abel. Lucian. Lucian, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And then a, a brand new character as well. Yeah, and this is by Simon Spurrier, who's a great comic writer. He wrote a great Legion series from Marvel a few years ago, uh, which is really good. Uh, and this book for me, I know how he felt about it. It started off slow for me, yep. but like something just turned like halfway through. I'm like, okay, this book is getting pretty good. It's getting really good. Oh, I really like this book a lot. So it really turned it around for me toward the end. Yeah, I hope that it can maintain that consistency that we saw towards the end. But essentially, the dreaming is falling apart. Uh, if you're familiar with the Sandman, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But the dreaming is basically the magical universe where dreams are. Yeah. I, I guess that's as, I think that's yeah. as well as it can be <laughs> described. Uh, I did the best that anybody has ever done. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and with this being a spinoff of Sandman and Sandman itself already being a rich and deep and complex world, there's a lot going on here. Like, you could read this without being familiar with Sandman, but I I don't think you'd really appreciate it without uh, going through the Sandman series first. I mean, would you have to, would you say that a reader would have to finish the Sandman series in its entirety? I, I mean, I, I think so, uh, to, to really appreciate uh, what this book is. At and least what it's the first do. nine out of the ten. Yeah, yeah. To really get it, yeah. yeah. Um, you, you could probably follow along and figure it out if you'd read about half of it, but I really would recommend reading the whole thing before you dive into this one. And we also have next the next book in the Sandman Universe series, which is House of Whispers, which Matt also picked up. Uh, Did you buy anything this week, Alex? Uh, maybe. I mean, I bought some snacks, which <laughs> I didn't share. <laughs> no, uh, I, I got none of these snacks. Yeah. Um, but House of Whispers was written by Nella Hopkinson, art by uh, Dominique Domo, Stanton, and colors by John Roche. What do you think of House of Whispers? That's the second book in this launch. Um, kind of confusing. Yeah. Um, it's based in New Orleans, uh, so the art in it is really cool. And I thought the really, was great in this book. Uh, really centric to uh, to that um, that area, and it's it's beautiful. 
and some of the characters are absolutely fantastic looking, but it was just kind of convoluted and I don't really know what's happening or what, how I feel. Yeah. This book did nothing for me personally. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to jump ahead to the end, but I'm going to wait to see how well it's reviewed for like the remaining issues to see if I'm going to continue reading it or not. Yeah. I said, I'm going to pick up the first five of pretty much all of these. This is one that I could definitely peter off of after the second or third, just yeah. depending on where it goes from here. Wasn't super, super pumped about it. It very briefly touches on the dreaming and how it kind of affects everything, which is, again, the world in which Sandman inhabits. But I'd say this one has less. Of, yeah, I mean, you, you can read this without knowing the ins and outs of Sandman and be just fine. Yeah, you really could. This one, I mean, you'll be confused no matter what. Yeah, and I mean, the, this one's going to play into, like, this is the House of Wizards. We play, like, the House of Mystery or the House of Secrets, which are part of the Vertigo universe. Yeah. It's kind of stands on its own right now. All right, moving on to Image Comics. Yeah. Uh, Bully Wars, which again, another one you picked up, uh, written by Scotty Young, who I love. Yeah, it is a lot. It's pretty similar to the vein of um, I Hate Fairyland. Yeah. Only he read- doesn't do the art in this book. Correct. Uh, it's by Conley, uh, whose name I can't, his first name I can't remember. I but I feel like his, Kevin. his art, I hope it is. That'd be great if you were right. <laughs> <laughs> All names in the world just go with that one. And it works. Um, but I think the art style is. Similar in tone to how Scotty Young writes and his own original art style, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's very bright. It's vibrant. It's kind of dweeby, kind of fun. Out there, for sure. Yeah. And this book is about a group of kids who get bullied by a bully uh, who's been bullying them throughout their school career. And they're entering high school, ninth grade. And after a bully tries to bully him, he gets stopped by older, bigger bullies because they always win the bully wars, which you don't know much about. Uh, but it was an interesting twist. No, I'm I'm excited to find out what the bully wars are and kind of how it plays out. Uh, I love the art. I love the tone. I like some of the humor. Um, there were times that are a little slower than others. I realize they're yeah. kind of just setting up the series right now. But I'm I'm kind of bought in. I I definitely want to keep reading it. Yeah, I agree. But I could I could fall off after the first trade if it's not good. Yeah, and this is like if I was 12, like I think this would be like an amazing book to read. Like if you're around that age group, uh, I yeah. think it'd be a great place for someone that age to start. Plus, it has a character named Pug, which is always nice to have any character named Pug. In your mind, there are Pugs in your life, always going to bring warm feelings to your heart. Yeah, this is definitely a book for, for younger audiences, typically. But that being said, I'm still into it. I, I still enjoy it, and we'll still pick it up, I think. Next, we have Cemetery Beach, which I didn't even know came out. I didn't know there was a new Warren Ellis book, so I was glad that Matt picked this up. Uh, because I'll read anything by Warren Ellis. The yeah. art's by Jason Howard in this book. Yeah, I'm, I'm all over the, the beat for these writers. Um, I'm all over the number ones. Anytime something cool comes out, you guys will definitely be hearing about it. And if you're not hearing about it, we will tell you why you're not hearing about <laughs> it. Which is the case for something coming up here in a bit. Uh, I really enjoy Cemetery Beach. It, it feels like it's very much that typical Warren Ellis style where it's... I don't know why it seems to be this, but it seems to be like one character talking to other characters. Like I feel like how 80% of his books start. And it's this guy being interrogated by this military guy. Uh we don't know the full story yet, but he just wants a cigarette and trying to avoid torture because, according to him, torture is not effective, so he might as well just tell the truth. Yep. Uh, it gave me a, a serious Inglorious Bastards kind of vibe. Yes. Right there at the beginning. An alternate reality Inglorious Bastards. Oh, I yeah. guess Inglorious Bastards is an alternate reality because Hitler wasn't killed in a movie theater. I'm pretty yeah. sure that is true to life, and you're wrong. But yeah, I mean, basically, it's there's having this normal conversation out of nowhere, the protagonist throws himself over the table, gouges out the guy's eyes, takes his keys, and uh, unlocks another prisoner. So 
so she can be his guy to get him back to his world, and he is from Earth, we learn. Uh, and this is some alternate reality, or they call it the old world, or the old home. Yeah, something like that. It sounded very Russian, that's all I know. Um, I enjoyed this one, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, this is one that I'm going to be looking forward to more. I don't know if it plans to be a six-issue series or for continuing, but he doesn't tend to write uh, longer series, maybe six to 17 issues at most, if I had to guess. Yeah, he, he stays pretty short, so I don't think this is... When, when something's short like that, for me, I'm not going to pick up issue by issue if I'm only buying 15 or 20. That doesn't seem yeah. worth it to me. I would rather own a 60-issue set. Um, so this is one, despite me liking it, I'm going to wait for the trade to come out. But if you're a fan of Warren Ellis, I definitely recommend picking it up. And it's not a big commitment, obviously. It's with, very good. Yeah. If I knew that there was going to be you know, 30, 40, 50 issues, I would be buying this yeah. book regularly. I think it's, it's pretty good. And our next image book, I will let Matt pronounce the title. Okay, uh, I've assumed uh, I've assumed that this is something to do with Roman numerals. Uh, who the fuck knows? But it is as such. M C M L X X V. Who the fuck knows what that means? Maybe it's a enneagram. Maybe it's I don't know. That's not correct. <laughs> no. An anagram. Sorry, I'm an idiot. Anywho, this book is wonderful. <laughs> it's by Joe Casey, and the art is by Ian uh, McEwen. I think I'm saying that right. It's Mace and then Juan, so McEwen yeah. sounds about right. Uh, I mean, but I thought it was... It, this book was really interesting. It's about this cabbie transporting this passenger, and also there's a bunch of ninjas in the road, and she just runs over the ninjas. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like it takes place in town that's supposed to be, like, I would say, like, 1970s, like, early 70s New York. It seems like the style of In New era. York, Chicago yeah. kind of a vibe. Yeah. You get the the fact that she's a she's got some sort of a magical powers uh, associated with her tire iron that she chooses to beat people up with, and she makes sure that her passengers stay in the car, uh, which is something that I, I really liked. But she fights monsters and mythical creatures and shit. Yeah, and you get a flashback to her past with her mentor, like training her to be a cabbie. Uh, his name was Damocles, which I people put into the literary term, sort of Damocles. Uh, so I'm sure it'll play a bigger part as well. But you you don't know much about her or this world, but it was a badass opening issue. I thought it was a little too abruptly. We see this uh, creature emerge from the ground and says he knows like her sins or like what she did, but then this kind of ends right there. Yeah, I thought I thought it was actually a decent cliffhanger, like with how cool the rest of the issue was. Like, sure you could have saved that to like issue two or three. I mean, why not just go ahead and toss it in this one? I hope that it it maintains a cool pace. And the art in it is absolutely gorgeous. We're actually going to move on to Jinx World now, uh, which will all be obviously all be books by Robert Michael Bendis. The first one is uh, cover uh, with art by David Mack as well. Uh, quick read. Very quick read. Very quick read. Uh, and it was an interesting first issue. It's about this artist who's spending his time on the con circuit. This woman comes up and buys all of his original prints, pays cash, uh, she now, knows a lot about his work yeah. and, and everything, yeah. Yeah. And they meet a couple other times. She's always running into him, tries to take him out to dinner. At but, cons, too. So yes. traveling across the states to just happen to run into this guy. And we claim, and she claims to be a spy, we learn. And then she blows him off at a dinner they have and makes him pay at a Michelin star restaurant. Um, at a Michelin star restaurant. That is not cheap, my friends, especially for somebody who's doing art for comics. Yeah, and we and the cliffhanger. This is he sees her at, at an airport that he flies into. But to me, the real star of this story is the art. 
because the art progressively changes. It goes from like something that's a little bit beyond like sketches, something that's been filled in to full painted pages and then back again. I feel like there's many arcs uh, for the character now as each arc happens and as she becomes a bigger part of his life, we get more color and then it just, it just goes back to the sketch outline. Honestly, the guy's name is David Mack. I could be wrong. His last name is Mack, so maybe it's David Mack. Maybe I'm right. Yeah, it's David uh, Mack. I thought it was interesting. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of it. It didn't blow, blow me away. Yeah, it it's not a fair thing where I've been to, but it, roof off. it made me curious is what it did. Like, I'm curious to know where the story is going. Yeah, I mean, I'm. it's not something, it's only six issues. I'm not going to, again, I hate picking up really short stuff like that unless it's a big thing. And I can't tell that that's going to be a big thing. Uh, we also have the other Jinx World book from this month, which is United States versus Murder Incorporated, obviously written by Bendis. Uh, art by Michael Omeg, who did Powers with Bendis as well, which is a fantastic series everyone should read. I wasn't a huge fan of the art in Powers or in this book. That's just my style. I'm not not a super big fan of it. Although I think the story was really cool in this. I like Omic style a lot, uh, but I do think the story is great. Like it, we see a guy get thrown off a roof, and we see a girl giving a presentation from a class like a little girl, like maybe like third, second grade age, and she's telling the class about the time her dad died. She's like, "When does this happen?" And she was like, "Monday." Yeah. Yeah. Let me check my yeah. watch. Uh, yeah. like four days ago. But essentially, she's being trained. To be the head, basically replacing her dad, being the head of the family uh, in this uh, crime. Being the head enforcer for a crime family. Yes. Uh, So, uh, and it ends on a cliffhanger with her having to finish her initiation to be the head enforcer. But it's, I mean, it's an awesome book. I mean, the girl does violent actions to avenge her father. We see a brief training sequence as well as she ages. She ages up real quickly in the story. But, like, I really enjoyed this book. Yeah, I actually, I was pleasantly surprised by both of these, uh, these Jinx World uh, productions, I typically anything that I know is going to be six issues only going into it. I hate picking up. I feel like it's a waste of money. I only bought these two because it was for um, for this. Um, but I'm I'm kind of curious to see how these trades unfold, especially United States versus Murder Inc. And now we're going to jump into Marvel. Motherfucking Marvel. Uh, and we're going to do As Guardians of the Galaxy, written by Colin Bunn. Art by uh, Matteo Loli and colors by Federico Blee. Now, you are a big Colin Bunn fan. I like Colin Bunn a lot. This is a book that actually you and I both picked up. Yep. Uh, but essentially, it's obviously a playing Guards of the Galaxy, but Angela recruits his team and takes them into space. Uh, and the team is the aforementioned Angela, Valkyrie, uh, the Destroyer, Scourge, uh, Thunderstrike, uh, Annabelle Riggs, who used as an archaeologist, the most important team member, Throg. For those not familiar with Throg, Throg is has the powers of Thor, but he's a frog. He doesn't talk or anything. No. He's just a frog. Just a frog with the powers of Thor. Uh, what do you think of this book? Uh, it was fine. I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was... Uh, of course you did. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm not a huge fan of Angel the character. Angel the character's got an interesting history, though. She was created by Neil Gaiman for the Spawn series. Uh, and Neil Gaiman got the rights back to her uh, after a dispute with Todd McFarlane and sold the character to Marvel. Uh, but it's interesting seeing her leading her own team. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the Kieran or the Kieran Gillen run about Angela, but maybe she'll get developed more to my liking at least and Colin Bunn's liking. But this is a very powerful team. I mean, these are all essentially Asgardians or people that have the powers of Asgard. The Destroyer itself is one of the most powerful people in the Marvel Universe. Uh, and they come across this planet of basically all the dwarves have been dead except for one 
and it's because Nebula's there. Uh, Gamora's sister, Thanos' daughter, and she kills all the dwarves but one to help make a horn that uh, will signal all the cast-off remnants of the Ten Realms. I love the way that Nebula looks in this book. Yeah. The art on it was one of the coolest uh, renditions of Nebula I've ever seen. If not the coolest, I loved it. Uh, it might be worth picking up this book just to see that. Well, just and there's panels there at the end. Amazing twist. I'm going to spoil at the end, but the destroyer is not actually a destroyer, but it's actually Kid Loki inside. Yep. Who should be dead? Who or not dead, but should, just shouldn't exist right now. So it'll be interesting to see where Bun goes with that too. Uh, I mean, I picture this probably being maybe like a 12 to 18 issue series, uh, but this isn't an Infinity Wars tie-in. I don't know how it is, but it's labeled as such. I think because of its uh, use of Nebula, again, s- massive spoilers yeah. here. Um, I'm not going to really get into the the Infinity Wars and how that's going, because I don't know totally how it's going, but I'm pretty sure that that's w- what the Infinity War tie-in is. Anywho, on to Journey into Mystery, The Birth of Krakoa. Uh, written by Dennis Hopeless, uh, art by Gibral, uh Morissette Fan, uh, with Rachel Rosenberg and Travis Lanham as well. Uh and I like Dennis Opus a lot. His recent series uh, about Jean Grey was really good. Uh, but this was a book I really didn't know much about going into. It's the one that you picked up. What did you think of it? Uh, first off, I, for whatever reason, didn't realize that it was uh, Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. But Journey into Mystery obviously is Nick Fury. Uh, yeah, it's Nick Fury. It's, it's, a, it's, the, older, it's the original Nick Fury uh, with Dum Dum Dugan and the, some of the Howling Commandos team. Yep. The Howling Commandos uh, make a, a really cool uh, trek here. The art in this book is is pretty neat at times, um, but I enjoy it. I like yep. I like the the Howling Commanders a lot. It's a very dark story too. It um, is extremely dark. And Krakoa's a cool character. He's the mutant island uh, as well. Uh, but it was, I never really thought about his origin before, aside from when the X Men crash landed online like thousands of issues ago in like the Golden Age. But getting like a true backstory in the modern age of comics is really cool. As to yeah, it gave a a little bit of a. I mean, it was straight up an, an origin story. Yeah. Uh, but at the end, this is a self-contained story. Yeah, uh, it really is. Yeah. So I, I don't know if Journey Mystery is going to continue, but with different, basically, one-shots uh, of different uh, Marvel origins through it. But, I mean, I like the team behind it, and I would be surprised if it keeps up the strong pace. Yeah, it, it was it was a really solid book. I enjoyed everything Nick Fury. He had kind of a solo adventure in here and met back up with his Howling Commandos. Uh they kind of get overtaken by like a, a scourge plague kind of a thing that they somehow fight off. They don't really talk about that, which kind of bugged me a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was still fine. Uh, next book is Thanos Legacy, which I didn't read because I'm currently reading uh, Donny Cates' front of Thanos before that with the Cosmic Ghost Rider. So I wanted to finish that run before I started this, but uh, Matt will probably have a spoiler. Uh, free thoughts on this book. Um, yeah, it's fine. It's... <laughs> It's Thanos. If you know anything about Thanos, it's full of uh, hopelessness, which is great. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's my scene. Uh, I enjoy people's misery, I guess. Uh, but it's just a whole bunch of Thanos-y Thanos shit. Um, I thought it was cool. The art was good. I liked seeing um, older Thanoses, which was totally something I, I yeah, wasn't yeah. expecting in here. Uh, I don't think that really gives too much away. Uh, but check it out. It's it's something that I don't think I'm going to pick up regularly, 
but it, I'll definitely check out the trades of it. I thought it was it was a kind of on that level. It's not a bad level to be at, though. No, it really isn't. I mean, if I'm if I'm willing to pick up a trade of it, I think that's pretty high praise for me. That means I'm willing to invest fifteen dollars of my time into it. Uh, our last Marvel book is the return of one of the base Marvel characters, uh, and it's the return of Wolverine. They have been leading up to this for for. Ever, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, there's been a bunch of, like, awesome teasers, at least awesome to me anyways, because I like uh, the original Logan a lot on the back of, like, issues like Spider-Man uh, and other X-Men books, basically him happening upon a scene after the action and not introducing himself yet. There's but, a, I mean, there's, like, two or three miniseries. Yeah. The Hunt for Wolverine, uh, Where Did Wolverine's Wiener Go, and a bunch of other it's ones. It's a weird twist. Yeah, uh, but this odd. is uh, written by Charles Sewell, who did The Death of Wolverine, which I absolutely hated. It's one of my least favorite Marvel books of all time. Is uh, it because Wolverine dies? No, like I knew it was going to. I, I just didn't like the way it was handled. I didn't like how he died. I thought it was just poorly done. Uh, well, spoil it, baby. What happened? How did he die? Uh, he basically was cult, uh, coated in molten like adamantium and it cased around his body when he was already weakened. Mm. Uh, so he basically made like a statue. Kind of uh, Game of Thrones him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think he's completely redeemed himself in his return. I really like this first issue, and I think it's got a really cool opening. It just opens on a black page with the red text. that just says, Wolverine, a great hero, selfless, strong, brave, an X-Man, an Avenger, a steadfast friend, an implacable enemy. He was dead. Now, and you do a page turn, it says, he's not. Chapter one, hell. Like, that is a powerful opening right there. And then the first page you see Wolverine is he's in his suit, but his claws are on fire. He's all cut up and bloody, and he's screaming in pain as the bloody floor uh, coats his legs. Okay, I had a little bit of a different take on this. Uh, open, page one. Wolverine, a great hero. Selfless, strong, brave, an X-Man, an Avenger, a steadfast friend. An implacable enemy. He was dead. Now, he's super lame. And probably in hell or something. Who knows? If Batman had been gone for like four years, and that was the exact opening, but with Batman, you, you think it was the greatest thing of all time? Uh, there's no way that would ever happen, because Batman is way cooler than Wolverine. I think because DC would never let their, their cash cow ever take a break. No, and Wolverine had to take a break, because for a long time there, he was everywhere. He was way too popularized. That being said, like I think the opening is super lame and, and everything, but I think it's a, a pretty cool book. Yeah, this book shows one that like it's what you want in a Wolverine book. Like it is bloody. It's about him being a killer. Like it's not him just like uh slapping people to slot like the side of his claws. Uh but essentially he wakes up in this lab, he doesn't know what's going on. Uh there's a scientist there who wants Wolverine to kill him and puts his hands uh up to his head to try and convince him to pierce his knuckles through. But there's just too much, because uh, whatever happened to this is causing too much action. Wolverine has memory loss. He doesn't know what's going on. He's not getting a clear explanation. A woman finds him, says that they took her daughter, and that Wolverine will save their daughter, because that's what he does. He's a hero. And we see uh, the color fades a bit, and we see all these prison cells of different parts of Wolverine. Uh, it's kind of like a mind prison, I guess, but we see Wolverine in his traditional X-Men blue and yellow. We see Wolverine in his Weapon X outfit. We see Sabretooth in one of the cells. Um, and it's just a really cool play. We get origins of why he chose to wear blue and yellow. I thought it was a really well done intro. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking on here because I'm, I'm kind of curious. I have counted 
and I'm at the the end of the book. Uh, three pages without blood on them. Yeah, <laughs> there three, is yeah. blood in every page except for three. And there's no like mature warning on this book or anything, no. too. Yeah, there's literally yeah. blood on every fucking yeah. page. <laughs> That's what book. you want. Uh, and it's cool at the end. Is it what you uh, want? So Wolverine, like, is like he's a hero. Like, it goes back to his mind. Which I don't know what's going on, but he uh, he unlocks one of the cells, uh, and it's the hero side of him. And I'm sure later we'll get more cells unlocked, like the berserker side of him, the murderer side of him, the assassin side of him. Um, so I'm sure we'll see all of that. The strip club dancer side of him. I mean, he's hundreds of years old, so I'm sure he, he <laughs> went through that period too. Everyone has to get through college somehow. <laughs> uh, let's move on to DC. Yeah, and let's talk about. Uh, what I would say would be the two most anticipated books of the entire month of September. Yeah, the first one is Batman Damned by Brian Azzarello. Uh, it is the first official, as it is announced, uh, black label book. Um, White Knight was declared a black label book after the fact, but this one is the first first issue of a black label with the black label on it. Yeah. Uh, it had a controversy when it came out because it showed an outline of Batman's penis. It shows uh, it shows his dick. I would much rather it show his butthole. Uh, that would be way more controversial. Well, unfortunately for you, DC is going to uh, edit that out and all future printings and trade printing of the book. That's insane. Yeah. That's kind of a, a cool piece of history. But where you see aside Batman's wiener. from this controversy, I thought this book was awesome. I absolutely love this book. Yeah, I did too. I read a lot of reviews for it. Um I gotta say, I disagree with a lot of them. A lot of them uh, thought I was okay. Thought I was kind of convoluted. I thought it was extremely straightforward. Yeah, I thought it was pretty straightforward. Uh, the art's fantastic. It's an oversized book. We should say it's magazine size. Um, the art isn't just fantastic; it's incredible. It's some of the most detailed, realistic art you will ever see. But Batman, basically, he's beat up. He has some sort of memory loss. He doesn't know what's going on to him, and we see the uh, the narrated pages going through, and we learn that the narrator is John Constantine. Uh, because we see... Uh, because, Fantastic twist, yeah, by the way. I feel like I should have seen it coming. So teaming up Batman and John Constantine is already amazing because Batman doesn't obviously want any help from Constantine because Constantine's a bastard. Uh, and John always has his own selfish motives and you can't trust him uh, fully and he'll never give away the full information as well. And it brings in other mystical elements. Uh, Boston Brand, Dead Man, is in it as well uh, with John trying to help Batman as well. But essentially... All that's happening is because the Joker is dead, and we don't know who killed him. So, I've got theories. I'm not entirely sure it is actually the Joker. It's a good theory. I mean, how do you actually kill the Joker? Who fucking knows? I mean, probably just like put a bullet to his head. Yeah, I mean that would yeah that yeah. would kill a lot of people, yeah. not everybody. Yeah. Put him in Suicide Squad. Boom, roasted. Oof. Even though I like that movie. Boo. That's why. That's why you know my taste is better than Alex's because he likes. Uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, I'm a man of culture. Okay. He, he thinks that Kate Mara is the greatest uh, iteration of uh, Invisible Woman. Uh, is that not true? Uh, I guess that, that you might be right there, Shane. <laughs> uh, anywho, uh, this book is fantastic. Uh, I think it's only going to be three parts, and I want to say okay. it's bi-monthly. Oh, really? So It's either bi-monthly or it's going to be out every three months. I mean, the, so, art, the art's so detailed and like beautiful. Like, uh, what was like hand-painted pages? I can see why it would take a while too. Yeah, it looks like you painted these things the size of a fucking room. And yeah. They've got so much detail in them. But the last DC book this week is Heroes in Crisis, uh, written by Tom King. Uh, and it's the new DC event that's starting. 
Yes, they moved this up from seven to nine issues, which if you are a fan of Tom King or Mr. Miracle, as I am, you are thanking everything that no, they moved We've this talked about Tom up. King a bunch on this podcast already. Uh, yeah, we, we would blow that dude right now if, uh, if but, he would let us. I mean, At I, least Alex would. I mean, I really don't think so. You don't think he would let us? <laughs> <laughs> um, but essentially it opens with Booster Gold in the cafe. Uh, and Harley Quinn comes in. And Harley Quinn tries to stab him to death. And there's a B story of Wonder Woman, Batman, who's making this alert. Superman going to investigate. Superman coming across all these deaths. And there's these flashback pages of these heroes getting interviewed. And then we see them interviewed. And then we see them dead. See them interviewed. See them dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so we see, and spoilers, uh, to me, the big ones was seeing Wally West and Arsenal be dead. And I was like, are you kidding me? You just brought, just brought back Wally West just to kill him again. Yeah. You've got yeah. you've got a dead Flash yeah. and you've got a uh, dead Red Arrow. It's yeah. great. They just fridged Wally West. It's embarrassing. The DC Universe hates redheads for whatever reason. Uh, but the big twist is, is that Booster basically stops Harley. Uh, but they're still with one another. And she says that Booster is the reason that they're dead. That Booster killed them. Which is completely out of line with Booster Gold's personality. Uh, yeah, he, he ends up saying a lot of times in his comic and any comic he appears in that he's the greatest superhero that you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is absolutely true. He's hysterical. He cracks me up. And the fact that he is the one who could be blamed for the deaths of all these superheroes is fantastic. Harley Quinn, you get it. But with Booster Gold, the most, arguably the most positive person in the DC universe. Yeah, uh, it's it's absolutely kind of a, a laughable thing, but it's no laughing matter. Yeah, I actually thought this issue was just okay. Nothing like really. Yeah, I like Tom King a lot. Clayman, who does art with him on a lot of the Batman runs too, his art's really good. Uh, but it's just, I need more. Like, and I'll, I'll read the entire series, but I can't get over it. Just. Wally West being dead so casually. I I need it either it needs to be a more profound death or he needs to not be dead at all. Uh I am so bought into this series. I wish this was coming out twice a month every month. Like I love this. If Tom King touches it, I'm about it. And I think this was uh one of my favorite outings from the entire month. Without a doubt. So we read a lot of books. Yeah, let's uh, uh, let's give a quick review of why? Everything that we've read, and then we'll get into some rankings, I think. Why don't we just do our top three and our bottom two? I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with top five. Okay, you can do a top five. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a way I can I cannot do a top five here. Okay. There's just too much to love and I don't even think I can I can necessarily rank them. Uh but but picking a top five and saying these you have to pick up week by week, or you have to pick up the single issue, whatever. Um so uh, how about I go with my bottom two first? Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with House of Whispers, the DC Vertigo title. That is my, I'm right with you there. Uh, I think you're definitely going to be on the same page as, as I am there. Uh, and then I'm going to say my my second bottom one is either, shit, I'll just put bottom three. I'll put cover by Brian Michael Bendis in there, and I'll put as Guardians of the Galaxy. I know that you'll differ with me on as Guardians, but. I will, but I will put cover with you. We actually share the opinion on our bottom two. Nailed this it. Month. Good job. Good job, uh, so us. What about your top five? Uh, MCMLXXV, or <laughs> however you fucking say it, uh, was the most surprising to me out of all of these. I hadn't heard about it. I'd seen a post on 
images Instagram and I was super curious about it. I was like, what the fuck is this? And I loved it. Um, I read it and I was immediately floored. I went and immediately reread it. I never, ever do that. Uh, I think that book is going to be really special. I hope that enough people pick it up to where they, they keep picking it up. Yeah. Um, so one. please go buy that trade. Go pick it up. It's, it's fantastic. Um, Batman damned. Of course I'm going to, I'm going to keep going with that one. That's, that's a no fucking brainer. Yeah. Like you have to, it's, it's yeah, one of the coolest things out there. It's in a unique format. It's in a magazine sized book and it's got Batman's dick in it. If you want to go see <laughs> Batman's dick, go buy this book now. Actually, it's probably sold out. I imagine you probably can't find this. I'm sure you can anyway. find it like on like eBay and third. You can find it online yeah. for sure, yeah. but you're probably paying more than the six bucks I paid for it. Uh, Border Town, DC Vertigo, um, really unique, big surprise. Uh, loved it, absolutely loved it. Uh, Heroes in Crisis would be my number four on there. Uh, again, we'll bl- we'll both blow Tom King. Tom King, if you're listening, we're here for you, buddy. Um, oh man, and that leaves. Three difficult choices. And I'll tell you guys all what my three difficult choices are. It's between Cemetery Beach, The Dreaming, and Bully Wars. I'm going to go with Bully Wars. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's kind of a surprise. But I'm, I'm going with Bully Wars there. It was really unique, uh, fun art. You've never seen a concept like it. Um, check it out. Our top would be similar between the top three. But like you, Batman Damned is definitely in there uh, for one of my top three. Uh, Return of Wolverine is also one. Uh, and my last one uh, is uh, actually going to be Border Town. Uh, hey, yeah, Border Town was my biggest surprise uh, by far this month. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm not disappointed in Heroes in Crisis because of the writing or the art. I'm disappointed in the characters they chose to kill. Uh, I am curious. I'm going to keep reading it. Really, all of these uh, I'm interested in reading, but the big, like, the must-buys for me are... Uh, Probably Batman Damned is probably the must-buy. Wolverine's a must-buy if you're a huge Wolverine fan. I'd say otherwise hold off for and wait for the trade to get the full story from it. Uh, yeah, The Return of Wolverine is a five-part miniseries. Um, if you're a week-to-week buyer, I, I don't see a point in buying a five-part miniseries week by week unless you're absolutely obsessed with Wolverine. If you are, by all means, go, go and grab it. Um, and don't let what Alex says about Heroes in Crisis uh, fool you. It is absolutely fantastic. It is a must-buy even though Alex does not like what happened to Wally West, I can guarantee you he is beyond curious about this series and he is extremely excited to, uh, to continue it. I hope it doesn't get delayed like Mr. Miracle does and I can actually finish it yeah. sometime this year. Well, Mr. Miracle was a 12 part miniseries that took about 17 months or so to finish yeah. wrapping up, which isn't terrible. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, that's minimal delays compared to some of the but stuff. We've I seen just want to read it really badly. I just want to read the whole thing. Um, so. if you're looking forward to Mr. Miracle, like Alex is, and you want to check it out in its full, Form, I believe December is when it's coming out. November, December. January. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, of course. It wraps up in October. Yeah. So if you really want, I'll let you borrow the individual issues. I own all of them. Uh, no, I want that trade. I, I waited this long. I'm going to do it properly. But anyway. You, nobody could see the large eye roll I just had. That about wraps up for this week's Henchman of Comics. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man for the PlayStation 4. It's going to be our first video game right we review. Are. We've never done a video game review. No. Uh, maybe I should buy a PlayStation 4 so we can <laughs> do this review. As always, you can email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, wherever uh, you subscribe to your podcast. Please go and subscribe. Download. 
Give us a like. Tell your friends about us. Um, jerk off to the pictures of us on there if you want to. And leave a review. For the Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Eschbeck. And I'm your boy, Tommy King. Henchman ain't easy. It really is. Thank <laughs> you.